Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to be James Carlson when he gets old right there. He's going to be, he's going to be like trying to beat the, you know, grandma off the, uh, off the starting line. Um, say thank you so much for gathering. So here's um, something that, that I've wanted to kind of change and begin doing because uh, I feel like um, one of the reasons the church hasn't been as helpful as it maybe could be uh, in helping people deal with these powerful uh, things that all of us deal with, um, and, and in this instance, anger and forgiveness and how does all of that work, is to slow down, and, uh, and oftentimes you just kind of get one message that's about anger and forgiveness all in one shot, and, uh, and then you move on and, and don't really have time to really process through it and think about it, and, and it takes some time. And so we took a whole Sunday, and if, if you haven't uh, engaged in this content, and this is kind of your first, first time... I would highly encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, The Crossing Fellowship, uh, or you can get on our Facebook page and catch up the last two weeks. So two weeks ago, we talked about anger and what is it, um, how does it uh, leak, and, and, and it creates a debt-to-debtor relationship in, um, in our marriages and in our friendships and siblings, at work, at school, um, in all of these uh, different environments that we find ourselves in. And, uh, and sometimes we bring it from our past and carry it and, and try to drag it into our future. Um, and, uh, and so we don't know how to deal with stuff that's way back here. And it creeps up into our current and we're not sure how to stay current. And so um, it affects every single one of us. And the other thing that I've wanted to do a panel is sometimes the preacher gets up there and, it, and you can kind of get this picture. It's like the preacher knows everything and he's perfect. It's like... I mean, that's unbelievable. And so um, by doing this, you quickly realize, <laughs> no, he's really not. He struggles like the rest of us. In fact, we all struggle with this emotion, and we're all in process of dealing with it um, as we seek to follow Jesus well. And, uh, and then last week, we talked about forgiveness, the antidote to anger, and, uh, and canceling the debt. So if there's a debt-to-debtor relationship, um, how do I... Uh, continue to not bring this stuff and have it leak out onto my family members and my kids and everybody else, um, the answer to that question is to cancel the debt. That's Jesus's definition of forgiveness. And we, we talked about Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, in verse 26, and it says, don't um, don't sin by letting anger control you. And sometimes we, we know some people with temperaments that it's easy to see the anger and it's more outward. Um, and we tend to think if, it, if, we stuff, if we're a stuffer or we, we kind of may, we mask it really, really well, sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking, oh, we don't really, we don't really struggle with anger. <laughs> um, yes, you, you do. And I do too. Um, and here's the thing. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you, and don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, keep short accounts. For anger gives a foothold to the devil, and he will divide every single relationship you are involved in if you allow um, anger to control you in that relationship. And so last week we gave some cards out and uh, you guys were so gracious and we got a few online and so um, we're going to do our best to, uh, to try and uh, um, answer these questions and uh, 
that you, that you sent us. So, um, here we go. All right, let me introduce the panel first of all. We have, we have Steve and Polly Ackerman. So, Steve and, and John are both elders on our um, leadership team, and so you'll quickly realize um, they're not perfect either. They're just like their pastor, and uh, it's, it's good. Um, this is my wife, Jennifer, and, uh, and those of you, I'm, we're maybe not going to talk too much about temperaments, um, but, but it does affect how we hear and how we process and how we push uh, anger out. So Steve's a green, blue, and Polly's a red. My wife is, is blue-green. I'm red, red, and... Uh, and my friend John and Melissa Haas, so John is green, Melissa is a red-blue, and Melissa Malcolm, and so let's, you know, say hi to BJ, because BJ's down in Kansas, is he in Kansas? Hi, BJ, thanks for, for, for letting us borrow your wife uh, for, for today, but Melissa is a blue as well. So here's our question to, huh, and BJ's a red, yes, two reds, but anyway, um, What are some best practices for staying current or keeping short accounts? What are some best practices for staying current or keeping short accounts? How how do we keep short accounts? So there's some people, then some of you, you may have stuff that's that's back in your childhood, and uh, and you got to start there, right? Because... Because I'm, I'm telling you, whether you realize it or not, and if the people around you were brave enough, if you asked them and they were actually vulnerable with you, they'd be like, it's, it's, uh, it's spilling out on all of us, okay? And so these little things that are happening currently um, end up being way bigger than they're supposed to be because you're carrying some stuff in the back. So what are some best practices for staying current or keeping short accounts? Throwing it out there. Steve's ready to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a red right now. <laughs> I'll answer this question only because I think I know the answer, but I am horrible at doing it. And I think it's being, you know, quick to apologize, uh, being humble, and just asking forgiveness. And I, I'm terrible at all of those. Just ask Polly. I, I, you've got to beat a sorry out of me. Uh, I'm about as prideful as nobody's more prideful than me, and so <laughs> that's how prideful you are. Yes, no one could be more prideful than me. Awesome. If I can say I'm number one at one thing, it's that. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's that. That'd be my answer. I'm terrible at at all of it, but I know what I need to do. I just can't do it. I think. I think. Uh, Eric said a lot with uh, looking in your childhood, um, looking in the past, because if uh, you let um, your past, your childhood, the hurts, um, everybody has scars. Um, Even as as parents now, we're trying not to scar children, sorry. Um, But it's that, that stuff from the past that is going to affect your future. So if you can't deal with what's in the past, it's going to be hard to keep short accounts. Um, so if, but being like, um, like Steve was saying, quick to forgive, um, if you're able to see that in yourself, your tendencies of, 
of anger and how you lash out at people with your personality. Um, that's going to help you to keep those short accounts and humbly go to that person um, and say, I was wrong. And that's what it's hard. It's hard for me, and I, it's probably hard for other people to admit when you're wrong, um, especially if you have a spouse. Um, you don't want to be the per first person to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the, the elders are not going to be perfect. So there you go. I think for me, it, one of my favorite quotes is, love difficult people because you're one of them. And just being honest, so like if I reflect on myself, I have to realize that I am not perfect. So why am I holding the other person to such a high regard and what they've done or what they're doing when I know um, if I look at myself that I fall short in a lot of areas. And so again, it's that self-reflection. Like, what am I doing? What am I accountable to? And a lot of times it's not good. So um, and that's a hard place to go because we don't really want to look at ourselves. We want to look at what everybody else is doing, right? So that's probably... One thing to kind of piggyback on that, um, I think that as parents especially, we try very hard to set a good example for our kids, and sometimes um, that can be extremely humbling when um, you're yelling at them or losing your patience and, um, and then having to apologize, but also explaining that that is extremely important to be able to apologize and um, letting them see that I think is really important. Say something. That was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right. I do, that, that's, that's great. Um, we're not always going to get it right, but humbling ourselves, and I think that's following Jesus well, is humbling ourselves and coming when we don't get it right, um, modeling what it looks like to come back around and, uh, and ask for forgiveness. That's keeping short accounts. All right, we're going to jump in the deep end. How do I forget, or more importantly, forgive the people involved in a situation where I lost my son and there is no justice? There's the deep end. That is deep. And that's uh, complex. Um, if I can answer that by giving a little bit of uh, history, um, some of you know me, know me well, might not know me at all, but 30 years ago, uh, my father was a police officer here in town, and he was murdered. So... With that being said, I have had to struggle through this deep end of anger with uh, um, not only anger, but um, what does that look like in my future? Um, with uh, justice, the guy is in prison. But I spent um, a better part of 10 years um, in anger towards this person um, 
wondering what it would be like to be in a room one-on-one with this person. How can I show physical harm to this person? Um, Justice for me would have him not be around because um, the old adage, the eye for an eye, the tooth for a tooth, I thought that was very fitting. Um, so um, it took me 10 years of dealing with this. I was angry at God. I was angry at uh, my dad. I was angry at the person that took his life. And um, what I had to come to grips with was what, what it was like to forgive. Because for that 10 years that I struggled with this, I was still the victim. And um, it took, uh, I, was, I was going through a leadership series, and uh, it brought that up. It brought that to attention of um, forgiveness. And I, I never or read or heard of it put that way, of having to deal with that. Um, and what Eric was saying the other week, if you were listening, of, of confronting that head-on, um, when he was talking about the letter, I finally wrote down everything that was that made me mad. That uh, I was, for instance, I was angry, obviously, at the person for taking my father's life. I was angry at my dad for some things that. He did in my childhood. I was angry at him, more importantly, for um, missing things in my life. I was angry at him for not being there to walk my sister down the aisle. And just every emotion of, just it seems silly, but every little thing that was upsetting me, I wrote down. Then, and I didn't mention this, but for those 10 years, I had no emotion. Uh, I couldn't, I lost the ability to cry. And by writing that down, writing a letter, praying over it, tears just fell. Just, I, it was a mess. And... Um, I was able to tear that up, throw it away, and give that to God. So um, when you talk about um, forgiveness um, not being a feeling, it's not a feeling, it was a choice. I made a choice not to be the victim of that act any longer. And that opened the doors for me to grow, to actually... Uh, become a human being again, and um, uh, it changed my life uh, to walk forward. Um, and I gave the justice to God. It's not. It's not up to me. Do I need to have a relationship with the person that that stole my father from me? No, I don't. But I have forgiven him, not for him. 
but it was, it was for me. And it was the best decision that I could have made. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we'll move on from that one. Whew. So I hope that's helpful. I don't know where that question came from, but I am so sorry for your loss um, and, and in that. And um, So, man, if you have questions about that, this would be a great guy to uh, connect with on that. Um, here's one that came in. How do you deal with, some, with knowing someone is mad at you, but you have no idea what you did? <laughs> How do you deal with knowing someone is mad at you, but you have no idea what you did? Welcome to marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to marriage 101. Well, um, I've dealt with this in two ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one way is to just ignore it and say, I don't know what I did, but whatever. And then, and then maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know if you're stuffing it or if you, you know, whatever. You just kind of let it go. But you always have this underlying, they have something against me. So when you see them or approach them, you always have that tension like, I don't know, you know, you hold back or you're just always in the mind going, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. But then what happens with that is it creates tension with them too because all of a sudden they're going, oh, they, I must have done something. They're mad at me about something and I don't ever know. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend that way. But, you know, I, I, I will confess that that's probably what I do more often than the other way, which is to um, humble yourself and go towards that person and say, I am noticing a tension here, and I, I do not know what, what has happened or, or what, but I'd like to, I'd like to make things right. Um, I, I guess I will also say that sometimes that's easier to do with people outside of your family. Um, people that I work with that I know I'm going to have to have this, re I've got to work with these people, and, and we can't work together well if there's a a problem, um, and so I think it's easier when it's people that you're more familiar with. Um, I, you know, that I, I don't. I shouldn't say that because that sounds rather rude. Like, well, they're the ones you're sharing a house with. Maybe you should let the tensions be good there. But for some reason, you, I don't know that you do. But for me, it. But so it is. It's it's humbling yourself and going towards that person and running towards it. I think Eric talks about that all the time. Um, run run towards it. it. It makes for maybe a difficult conversation, but it's an easier difficult conversation than if you would let it fester for a while and then it explodes. That was good. <laughs> We kind of touched on that early, the first service about um, what do you do with that? And sometimes, like I told, I said earlier, I'm a fixer, so I like want to fix things. And then sometimes when I realize I can't fix it, I will flee from it as well. Um, but 
also knowing that God has brought people in our lives sometimes temporarily and for a season. So not everybody that we know currently, we will be connected to maybe five years. And I, I struggle with that because I am a connector. So I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't talk to that person? You know, so if it's, I don't know, it's a constant process. I think that just the acknowledgement that God is in control of it and that if I don't know what's going on with that person, I can't fix them. Only God can fix them. And so then it leads me to praying for that person or whatever the situation may be. Thanks. To piggyback off that, um, I probably offend people I don't even know about. And um, uh, if, if you do feel that they are angry at you and you don't know why, it's, you do need just to apologize or, or, or face that. But if you like ask for forgiveness for that to that person, and they're not willing to give it to you, it's 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 off your plate. You have um, asked for forgiveness, and if they are not willing to accept it, it's it's really off of you. And what Polly is saying is, um, I like what she says of those people that are in your lives for just a season. Um, I have had multiple friends in different states, um, just life differences or life just takes you away. I don't have any hard feelings for those people. Um, I want the best for them. I even have prayerfully um, talk to them. I, I might even shoot them a text every once in a while, but um, God laid upon my heart uh, a few years ago that um, just because that person is not in your life anymore, um, you, you could still be thankful for that time that uh, they were in your life. Because um, I was struggling with that. I was like, man, I haven't heard of this person for a long time. We're drawing apart. But, or like people, um, like friends or loved ones pass away. But be thankful for that time that they, you were blessed to have with them and um, go from there. All right, so how do you confront someone when you have forgiven them, but they are not able to take responsibility for their actions or listen to other perspectives? So you've confronted someone you went through the process of forgiveness, so the confrontation was good, I'm hoping. Um, but they are not able to take responsibility for their actions or listen to other perspectives. Anybody? I feel like we've kind of covered that a little bit um, in talking about handing it over. Um, if, you know, you, I think you mentioned it last week, giving the briefcase to Jesus and saying, you know, now this is yours. Um, and you really have to let that go um, and really hand it over because at that point, it's not on you anymore. You can't change somebody. It has to come from within. You can pray for them. Um, you can pray for people in their lives to help them, uh, but it can't be a burden on you because if it is a burden on you, then it affects everything else in your life. And it's just not worth it to let things bother you that you've let go. 
Anybody else? Piggyback on that? I would say this. Um, you can only control what you can control. Okay? So you cannot control the other person. You can't, re- you can't control their response. Um, you can't control their emotion. You, you can't control the other person. And, and um, so it comes back to what, what am I responsible for doing and, and what has God called me to do? So God has called me to do good and he's called me to um, be willing to even suffer for him. And so last week we talked about 1 Peter chapter 2 and, and verse 23 and, and Jen, Jen has it here, but, um, and she may read it, but uh, um, it, it just talks about uh, we have been called to follow Jesus. Now Jesus suffered and he was insulted um, but he didn't retaliate, and he didn't seek revenge, even though he was insulted. And then he says, hey, I want you to follow me. Just do what I've done. And, there's, and Jesus like, instead, I have a case, and some of you have a case. In fact, I would say probably all of us, if you've lived enough life, you have a case. Um, instead of carrying that case with you, I'm going to hand the case off um, to my Heavenly Father and trust him with it. But I I think that's right, and I think even going back to what John said earlier about choosing to not be the victim anymore and bringing it up and playing that card to when you have forgiven them, you no longer have that hold on you. you. You are not allowing them that power over you. You are going to choose to live free from that and so you need you need to make a decision for yourselves if I'm going to do I want to continue being the victim or do I want to live free from that and be able to go forward it doesn't really change the situation and but if you can um, as this says you know he left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly give it to God and let God deal with it and be rest, have rest and peace in that, that God, God will take care of it in his time. God knows the hurt that has been caused to you, and it hurts him just as much when his children are hurting. And he will take care of it, and he will take care of it justly and fairly in his time. And I think if we take it back to love, so in our life group, we're going over the marks of a true believer, and what does love require of us? So a lot of times, talking about emotions, we think love is just, Erica said, that's just a feeling, right? Ooey gooey. But it's like an actual, an action as well. And someone had shared that they had set some boundaries with a fam- some family members, and I said, and that's, that's loving. And they're like, oh. So I think we think that if we do things like that, that that's not love, but it actually is. And sometimes when we have a situation where we can't control the other person or they're not going to reciprocate for forgiveness, whatever, it's okay to lovingly give them over to the Lord. And whatever that looks like in our individual lives, um, setting a healthy boundary with somebody is not unloving. So I think... uh Kind of what Jen and Polly were saying made me think of um, with this, the forgiveness aspect. There, I think there's probably some people out there that need to look at themselves even. And um, I, don't, I, had, I haven't heard it said, but 
You might need to forgive yourself and give that up to God. Because without forgiving yourself on some aspects, there is absolutely no way you're going to um, be able to give that load or that suitcase off to God. How do you get someone... That was good. That was good. Steve is going to talk. And I would bet you it, it is going to be good. So, all right. Well, what I was going to say is that, that was all good. <laughs> but just one other thing is, um, as I'm listening to this, and I'm, it's doing me, I think, a lot of good. Uh, love being up here. Can't answer any questions, but I'm, I'm learning a lot. Uh, <laughs> But it goes back to two weeks ago, you know, a lot of times, and I've, I think of this myself, if, if, if somebody's got something that they're angry with me about, and I don't know what it is, and then I think back, it's like, well, really, it's because, and then I get angry, and it's because I don't get what I want, um, you know, and that's kind of like, two weeks ago, you talked about, what is it? Well, it's because we didn't get what we want. And, you know, whether you want that relationship or, or there's some other thing uh, that you want out of that and you don't get it because they're angry at you or they don't want anything to do with you anymore. So uh, that's just kind of what comes to mind. That was good. <laughs> Not that, but the whole thing. Uh, how do you get someone to see that you have changed... So maybe you've, you know, you've been on the offending end. Um, how do you get someone to see that you have changed and want to be forgiven, but they continue with anger towards you? They continue with anger. I would say again, um, you can't control that. Um, and and trust, trust is usually given on the front end, but then when trust is broke, it's not given back again nearly as quickly. It, it is a process, um, and sometimes a very long process, depending on what the offense um, might be. So again, uh, you cannot control someone else's response, um, but uh, you can only control what, you, um, what, what your response is. And so... And then realizing, you know what, if, if trust has been broken, that I'm, I am going to be consistent. It's not going to be like, yeah, I changed, I changed, I changed, and then three weeks you know, from now, nothing's changed. But you know what? Am I focused on, on being a better version of myself? Um, and as long as I'm continuing down that path, um, I, I, you, you pray and hope that the other person... Um, will come around. And I would pray specifically that God would put something in their path, whether it's a person, whether it's a discussion panel, where someone else will say something to them that will open their heart to you without you saying it, because it's probably not going to come from you. And so just praying that God would, would be gracious enough to um, run them into some, someone um, or some group, or some message somewhere that uh, would connect with them in their heart. Jen said something about not being the Holy Spirit in someone's life, so I thought that was good. What, what were you saying first service about, about that? Uh, 
basically, when um, I think this was back at that question where you have forgiven, but you don't see the change in that person, um, where you, you know, maybe what you desire to see is is not what you're seeing, and the the more that you maybe continue to feed into them and say, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? What, what I think happens sometimes is that person's going to retreat because what, what, you, what you are doing, honestly, is, is you are taking the place of the Holy Spirit and you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in that person's life. God, God um, you know, it, it's not like when you come to Christ and you have this checklist and everyone has the identical checklist, you know. We're going to check all these things off and you go down like this. God doesn't work that way. God, God takes you all as an individual and he knows where he wants you to go and he knows how he wants to bring you there and the course correction he has for you. And sometimes when, when we spend our time pushing on that other person to change, we're, they're, getting, they're getting that from you, but, but we don't know what God is speaking to them. And, and they may be getting this from God and this from you, and they don't know where to go, which way to go. So if we can remove ourselves from that situation and then again give them up to God and let God just speak into them and pray over them that they would be receptive and listen to what God has for them, then, then let God do the work. And then you don't need to worry about it. And... Um, which, which is hard because sometimes it's, it's not, you may not be seeing the fruit that you want to be seeing right away. Um, you, you, want, you want it to be just like this, you know, you've changed, so they should. Well, they may not go on that. They may, may not, sorry. <laughs> Notice that I talk with my hands. <laughs> I was not given a microphone for a certain reason. <laughs> Unk. Um, anyway, they can be paid. <laughs> I know, but I think that's, I, and I have to find that for myself that I, I don't do that for my children, for my spouse, for other people that I am continually on them because I don't know what God, cause, and you know what, honestly, I don't want them doing that for me. I don't need them to keep coming. Well, why haven't you done this? Why aren't you doing this? How come you're not doing this? Like, Ugh! you know. I, I, I'll just shut down and I'll just forget it. So, it, you know, it's, it's hard enough when God's telling you to do that. I don't want to do that, God. But, you know, when it's people right there, it's kind of hard. So, yeah. Giving them space. Yeah. How, uh, so talk to me about um, um, forgive and forget. So we hear, we hear that a lot, forgive and forget, um, and feelings. Um, so I should, does forgiveness mean that my feelings towards this individual has changed. What do you think down there, Melissa? Um, well, forgiveness definitely is not forgetting. Um, I had mentioned at the other service that um, forgiveness is really a process. Um, it's not a one and done thing. You don't just say you forgive somebody and it goes away. Wouldn't that be nice? But it doesn't work that way. Um, it's a process, and um, it's really about handing it over 
to Jesus, laying it at the foot of the cross and walking away. And, and that's hard because a lot of us, me, want to go and retrieve that, especially if that person makes me mad again um, or does something else. I want to I go and retrieve it, but it's a very intentional decision, and I have to remind myself, no, I forgave them for this. Um, I'm laying it out at the cross. It's no longer mine. It's Jesus's, and um, I'm going to be done. And for me, on a very personal level, um, I had to do that in many instances in my life. But um, I really, I knew that if I didn't forgive, I was going to have a gap between me and Jesus. And I did not want that gap. Um, And the only way to let that go or to fill that gap is to let the bitterness out. Um, And also, if I had a gap between Jesus and I, I was going to have a gap between my children, my spouse, my family. Um, So I really had to decide to forgive. And somebody once told me, and I think it was the best advice I had ever received, um, was fake it until you make it. You know, you just have to keep pressing and keep going and go through the process and remind yourself it's forgiven it's God's. It's forgiven. It's God's. And uh, move forward every single day. And so that's. Anybody else? (laughs) I thought so too. (laughs) I'm also prideful. I think too, it's just the understanding that sometimes it's easy to say the words, I forgive you. But your heart isn't there yet. And I, I said first service too, it, it, I have to sometimes with, with those, it's to acknowledge that it's going to take some time for my head and my heart to connect. And I know I have forgiven, but I need to, I need to work through the process in my own heart on how to move forward with that. So it just takes, yeah. it takes it's not just a... Um, Right, and yeah. that the you say, oh, you know, I I forgive you, and oh, it just all goes away. Doesn't and I think in a marriage relationship, um, it would be interesting to talk to some of you married people. But um, I think for guys, we for, we we forgive or we've been forgiven. It's like it's gone. I mean, we just kind of move move forward, and maybe it's a little easier. I don't know. Um, maybe not. Um, but I think for, for gals, and I know for Jen, it, it takes a process so that, it, you know, we have a discussion. And it used to be, used to be when we were first married, there'd be a, a deal. And then we would, like, uh, have emotional distance trying to make each other pay silent treatment. Really good at that. And, uh, and then this would go on for weeks until we'd finally talk about it. Um, now, the self-awareness is... We've had so much practice for almost 30 years that um, the self-awareness of what's going on, it's like, oh, well, we already, we know exactly what's going on. So, and we hate that. Like, we don't want to go three weeks like this. That's just, that's just agony. So let's, let's deal with it. So we, we, we come and deal with it quicker. And Jen will say, and it's so helpful to me, she will say, you know, I've, I've forgiven, but my, it's going to take a little bit of time for my heart to wrap, wrap around. That's all I need to hear. Because otherwise, I feel like she's still distant. And so what's going on? I mean, is, you know, is there forgiveness? So just even saying that is, is helpful. I think, too, um, in our relationship with hurts that we've done towards each other, 
that the enemy of that guy um, likes to um, use circumstances to remind you of that thing that person did to you. And if we don't recognize that that's been dealt with already, still have an emotion, we didn't forget it, right? That we can really get stuck there. And um, that, God, you know, God is for me. I know my husband's for me. And Steve knows I'm for him. But if we don't recognize where that's coming from, a lie about whatever it is, um, that we we will get stuck. And we will be stuck in the unforgiveness and anger and doubt and whatever all over again. Were you going to say something? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> that was, that well, was I had good. mentioned something for service, and someone said that was a really good thing. I was going to try to work it in this service, but it hasn't worked in, like, really well, so I think I'll just... We'll just no, let her pass. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have a question about what that is afterwards, <laughs> just go and find, find Jen. Um, thank you so much for gathering. Let, us, let me pray for you guys, and then you can be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our time together. God, I pray that this was helpful in a way, if nothing else, that people would understand. Everybody is, deals with this. And, and Jesus, you have given us specific instructions. In fact, this is one of the biggest reasons, Jesus, I know you exist and I believe in you because I, I have experienced this working in my life. And it comes directly from you. And so I just thank you for that. And I pray for courage um, for people who are in a situation where it's just so hard. So I pray that you would uh, give them the courage to make a decision to, to cancel the debt. And, uh, and God, I pray for self-awareness for us in understanding what's going on in our own hearts um, as we deal with this powerful emotion of anger. And uh, God, I pray that as a church, we would do a great job of being able to really help people uh, learn what it means to really follow Jesus well. Uh, and this is a big, big um, area in which we can uh, bring lots of glory to you in how we deal with stuff. So God, thank you for our time. Uh, pray that you would go with us this next week in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much, Crossing. You are dismissed. <laughs>